0: Hi, and welcome to episode 125 of No Crying in Baseball, the For the Love of God, Please Stop Touching Your Face episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with one of my favorite International Women's Day women, Potty Mouth. Yeah. Hi, Potty Mouth. Happy International Women's Day today. Thank you. Thank you. I I actually just saw a post that
1: said it was appropriate that this day ended up being only 23 hours because of daylight savings. So that says something about. Oh,
0: it hurts. It hurts. Hey, you, 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 one of the previous presidential candidates did something <laughs> right. that really won you over didn't she
1: yeah so for a long time i've been trying to get you to do a shot ski with me at the big stick which is this really cool bar right near Nat's park and they have these skis with three shots on them so you need Four. Two friends. Four. Oh, you know what that one hillary did so hillary clinton did this on some tv show that's name i totally forget but she had a watch three, what happens watch what happens it. now yeah she had she had a three-person shot ski so she only had to get two other people and they did it like super smooth they made it look fun didn't they Hillary is not screwing around. Yeah, I yeah, would do so, a Shotsky with her any
0: day. See, I would, wow, well, I don't want to diss you. I don't want <laughs> to come out like I'm dissing you. But <laughs> if Hillary Clinton said you want to do a Shotsky, I think the only answer is yes. Yes, I would.
1: Right. We you. are, we're actually overdue for our World Series celebration in Shotskis that we're supposed to I do. I did promise I would Danielle. do one with
0: you for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll get there. Hey, um, speaking of sports, we were sportsing. <laughs> we sportsed. We sports today, we cross-trained we with the XFL, we went to see the DC Defenders play the St. Louis Battle Hawks, and it's one wacky sport.
1: Yeah, I think they need some new PR people, like some graphic design. It just like wasn't quite, every. it was like minor league football is what it was.
0: But louder, so much louder. There was a lot going on. So if you um, have been turned off by football, as I know I have in recent years, this might be a way to get you back in because you will watch it with at least disbelief, if nothing else, that it's a sport this crazy can actually happen.
1: Well, and it's affordable. I mean, our tickets were 25 bucks. Where does that happen in football? It just doesn't.
0: Right, yeah. So it was big fun. I might go back again.
1: But the the one thing that it took a, a minute to get used to, it seemed like a cool idea. They miked up. And we didn't figure out how do I think it was the
0: quarterback, we- at least, that was mic'd up. Because it seemed like when we were on offense, when the D.C. defenders were on offense, that's when we heard stuff. And it seemed like the initial oomph.
1: Yeah, but all we heard was, like, first heavy breathing – we you know, right before the play and then some grunts and then a crunch. And in one case, actually, remember that guy got hurt and he screamed in pain? That sucked. Actually. Yes. We did not hear
0: bones break or anything. We were afraid that we would be able to because yeah. they were so mic'd up. But yeah, we did hear some pain quite loud. So there's that. No
1: potty mouth words, though. That I was disappointed. I just figured like at some point some guy would be like, ah oh, fuck. Or especially when that guy got hurt.
0: But there were so many people got hurt. Yeah. It's it's really quite it's a thing. Football. So it was kind of fun to watch. I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm like totally you know bought in, but it, you know when you got to cross training and you know you can't get to Florida or Arizona for spring training games and you got to get to some sort of a, par- a park. Mm-hmm. You know XFL is okay. On today's show, we've got highlights from spring training, deal making, and some boyfriend news. We also have new boyfriends on the Houston Asterisks and the LA Dodgers. And we're going to talk about coronavirus and how it affects baseball, because we have to. But first, we can dream of
1: warmer places, can't we? Well, please do. Like I know it was just it was a little bit too chilly today, just a little bit. But spring training is happening, and there's actually been some super fun stuff to watch. I just have to quickly say that Miguel Cabrera, who's getting up there in years, is looking mighty fine this year. He, he? has trimmed down. He is in shape. He crushed two home runs in one game <laughs> off of Garrett Cole of the Yankees.
0: Garrett Cole got lit up in spring training recently.
1: I'm not feeling bad about that. No. No, No, it's fine. You know, the Yankees are actually suffering. No, I don't feel bad for them. As much as I adored talking about them last week, you know, it's not our favorite. And and our other not-a-favorite team that we talked about last week, the Braves, your ex-ex-boyfriend, so the guy you picked our first um, uh, season together— uh, Freddie Freeman, yes, he is hysterical.
0: I do love me some Freddie
1: Freeman. He so baseball mic'd up is way better than football mic'd up. It's so much of a better idea, especially tr- spring training, where he's not like really stressed out, and but, there's less
0: bone crunching. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, but it was hysterical. Like when he was on first base, uh, he said, "Oh no, no!" When he was he was playing first base, and there was a guy in first, and it was a Red Sox guy. He turned to the guy and said, "So are you going to run?" And the guy like <laughs> looked at him like, "Wait." I'm not supposed to tell you that. And he just said, I don't know. And he turned to the coach, the first base coach, and said, is he going to run? And the coach wouldn't answer him. And it was just adorable. Was you know what that
0: reminds me of real quick? Um, did you see that Trevor Bauer pitched a game where he actually signaled to the yes. batter what yes, he was he throwing every time? He's like, fine, you know, you we're not going to steal signs. We're not going to do any crap. I'm throwing this. I'm throwing this. I dare you to hit it. There, there are
1: definitely some positive things about Trevor Bauer. He's got a balance there. That one has to get used to, I
0: suppose. Yes, yeah. But, but that, for- I thought that was pretty fun.
1: Freddie Freeman was all, all the, the pluses on that And just to be chatting with Chipper Jones Who was hysterical and, and you know, no matter what we feel about Chipper He was actually pretty funny in the booth Talking about how he was happy Where he was at this stage in his life And that Freddie was dealing with what he was dealing with But my favorite thing to watch this week Or to really try hard to watch Did you ever succeed? I watched it with blips So this is the Tigers-Twins game In the Dominican Republic And you would think somebody would put a fucking video out there I mean this they haven't played in the DR for 20 years MLB 20 years was the last uh, MLB game in the DR and actually on the on the Tigers page oh my god this quote it said that the Tigers first international spring foray since a series against the Cardinals in Puerto Rico in 1980 oh, holy hell yeah that was let's that's, that's a quote holy hell Puerto Rico's not international you do not need your your passport to get there but you know we appreciate the sentiment, which is why I was trying so hard to watch this game from a Dominican station because I wanted that emotion. I wanted to hear it in Spanish. I loved watching the Caribbean series and I just couldn't find it. And finally, Raul Ramos um, wrote to me on Twitter after I put out a plea saying, giving me a link that they could watch in New York and New Jersey, but there was some cable thing and I don't have cable. But then I did VPN on the computer, so I connected, but the connection was shitty. Like it was like it would play for two minutes and then spin.
0: And this was the most fun you had with baseball this week? Yeah,
1: except What's for the fun while part? that was all happening, I actually was listening to the audio. And despite oh, the fact okay. that was so infuriating, listen to these Twins announcers mispronounce these names while they were in the Dominican Republic, I was like, can't you at least get somebody who can pronounce the games? It was a super fun game. And uh, the the Twins pulled it off, 7-6. to six. And actually, your dude, uh, Astudio, got first hit, first up bat he was playing third. Oh, and, yeah, okay. and he did. But the Dominican Heroes, I think Miguel Sano um, was one of the two home runs. And, uh, and the Tigers catcher, Jaime Candelario, he is not only Dominican, but he was playing there in the offseason. He played for the Toros del Este, which is hey. the, the, the team that won the Dominican League series and went to the Caribbean series. But I'm imagining he didn't go that far because no MLB players did. So he got to go back after being MVP in the Dominican Winter League. Now he's going back as a Tiger and he got a double and an RBI. So nice. that must have been just tons of fun.
0: I have boyfriend news that some is tons of fun and some is not. Can I just say my heart is a little racy right now because my Cleveland boyfriend, Oscar Mercado, sprained his wrist. He made a diving catch in spring training and rolled over his wrist oh. and jumped up, cradling his wrist to his chest in a lot of pain. Turns out it is sprained, which is better than broken. And he's day to day right now, but it could be day to day for a while. He could start the season on the on the IL. We don't know, um, so I'm I'm a little heartbroken about that. But in happier boyfriend news. Christian Yelich, my um, my current forever boyfriend, my carryover from last year, just signed a nine-year contract with the Brewers. He is a Brewer for life; may never ever reach free agency because this may just take him through the rest of his career. So it's a two hundred fifteen million dollar extension, and it sort of includes the two years of his existing contract because he had come over with an extension they had signed with Miami. So, they had this carryover contract that is now this new nine year contract with the brewers um so some of the the interesting thing is some of the money is deferred he'll never make more than twenty two million dollars a season and so for some of those first couple seasons where it looks like it would be you know it's, it would be front loaded the extra four or five million dollars, I know I feel ridiculous talking yeah, right. with these numbers, will be deferred and he'll start getting that money after the end of the contract. And one of the reasons they did that is so it allows the brewers to plan around him, they can budget they're not putting all their money out at one time. They want to keep him. They want to keep him as a centerpiece for the future. So they know, okay, we've got him. We can build around him and we have more we know, we know how much money we have to work with.
1: We are all about fiscal responsibility. We absolutely okay. are.
0: Um we're also about playing hard. And so our friend Yelly and his bestie Belly had a beer chugging contest where they did this side-by-side. Side. This is not one of those I've got you Aaron Rodgers across the basketball court thing. This is, <laughs> we're out together. Uh-huh. We're, we're doing a little beer chug and you chug the beer, slam the the mug down. And they were so even on this that they had to do it in slow-mo. They replayed the slow-mo, an instant replay to decide the winner. And they still couldn't pick a winner because they did this so identically. So they asked the guys, how are you what, what are you going to do to like decide the winner? And they said, well, basketball. Of so course. they had a one-shot basketball tiebreaker which bellinger won yelich did not win so yay for you bellinger sorry christian but you're still my guy and i like that you're having some fun with and, your pals and
1: you can't like fake that like if we tried maybe we should try a few times like as a demo like yes. we could do a, a, a chug will we do this after we, we dye our hair it? periwinkle oh yeah we have so much to catch up. the
0: list time. is long <laughs> Hey, so other people made deals.
1: Other people made deals. So my old uh, White Sox boyfriend, Juan Moncada, is going to stick around there. Five years, $70 million. And I, congrats to all you White Sox fans out there. They have a young, strong team that's locked in. Because our guys that we talked about, our baseball boyfriends from the White Sox, Luis Robert and uh, Eloy Jimenez, are both locked in for a while. So yep. Yep. now Juan Moncada is there all going well. I I am happy about a pitcher coming to the Red Sox from the Astros, which doesn't sound like a really good couple of teams but to be talking like about. But we
0: like this guy a lot. Yeah,
1: Colin McHugh has um has a podcast called the 126, right? 126, yep. It's so good. You should listen to it absolutely. It's it's sort of a sporadic thing because you know he's busy playing baseball and all. So he's going to the Sox on a one-year deal and he is willing to be reliever or starter. The problem is he's working off some injuries now, so he's not going to be ready for opening day. And I thought it was interesting that the range on how much this year is ranges from six hundred thousand to four million, depending on incentives and bonuses. And it's stuff like hitting like that.
0: milestones depending on how. Yeah, oh. because
1: he's not in the best shape right now. Right. So who knows if he's going to get healthy or not? So hopefully this is sort of a win-win situation. The interesting thing, of course, now that he's in the news, is the and Boston- no longer
0: an asterisk. Yeah. And
1: so the Boston press is asking him a lot about the Astros and your role and why didn't you say anything? And he's really sounding remorseful. It's hard because, you know, just the snippets that come out in the press, it's hard to keep the context through all of that because some of it doesn't sound great. But like, like he was trying to excuse the pitchers, saying, we really couldn't speak up. It wasn't really our place. It wasn't really our territory. But at the same time, he was saying that this wasn't justification. It was just sort of an explanation. And he said that he failed to do the right thing. It was a failure to do the right thing. The, The super interesting part is he said that the Astros truly believed or were made to believe that other clubs were doing the same thing.
0: Fascinating. So, In which case, what's the big deal? Because we're just, this is just our way of doing it and everyone's doing it.
1: Right. And it explains a lot about why nobody spoke up because mm-hmm. of everybody's being told. And, you know, the pointing fingers thing, the rumor is, of course, that Beltran brought that that concept over from the Yankees then and maybe he exaggerated it and told them that I don't know I'd love to sit down with Carlos Beltran and see what the story is here but
0: but but Colin McHugh also said he really felt for the opposing pitchers because he understood he completely understood what was happening to them yeah yeah so there's really kind of like this pitcher brotherhood thing happening even with Astros pitchers talking about other pitchers so I find that kind of interesting and fascinating and wow yeah and there's
1: gonna have to be more conversations this year as more of the astros are out in other teams at this point people who you know if you go back to 2017 they've moved around a lot so you would think that there's going to be some conversations things are going to be happening i got one more picture to pitch picture 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 to talk (laughs) about you know, 47-year-old big sexy cologne
0: oh, I love has Bartolo.
1: landed. He is not playing, unfortunately, in the major league this year. He didn't do much last year. But he's playing for the Manclova Acereros in Mexican uh, minor league. It's like Mexican double A. And they called him. Field like, trip. Yeah. Oh my god. But he it, it, I saw the press conference with him and the Mexican uh, coach or manager and he called him. He just he was like you want to play with us? Sure. And you know to get that sort of personal invite, he thought was pretty cool. I was like, so, well, what
0: else am I doing? Why not? Why not? Yeah, Let's go do this thing. He's going to call him. Good for him. We have boyfriends. If you've been listening to the show, you're aware of this, but if you're new, welcome. And what Potty Mouth and I do every week is we pick a guy on each team. We get through all 30 teams in the preseason, and we pick a guy, and we call him our boyfriend. It's not as weird as it sounds. This is a guy who's a good player, loves to play the game, and has something else special about him that makes us think, we want to have a beer with this guy. We want to hang with this guy. We want to tell you about this guy because he's got something special going on. So this is our last week of position player boyfriends. We started at the bottom of the standings and we've gone to the top, which brings you, yes, the Houston asterisks. And, you know... You know, they lost the World Series to the world champion Washington Nationals. May I just point that out? Yeah, and we had to pick Nat's boyfriends a
1: few few years, a few weeks ago, because they had fewer games won. And yet, that's right.
0: And yet, by uh, by standings. Um, So we're going to start with Houston, and then we're going to tell you a little bit about some Dodgers. So I'm going first this week, which is weird. But I'm going to do it. Why not shake it up on the last week? So we had a little soul searching about how do you pick a guy on a team that has been basically proven to have cheated in the in recent history? Because we have roles, right? No assholes, no domestic abusers. We are a little fuzzy on the whole drug use thing. We yeah. kind of like use that. But, you know, we we want the guys to be good guys. So one of the things we decided was let's pick newer guys or guys who were not on the 2017 team. And then it was like, well, but there's still this fuzziness. So here's where I went. I went with Abraham Toro, who's 23, third baseman. He's, just a fun fact, he's one of only two Abrahams in the major leagues. Oh, hey. When you do your little player search to call up on, on MLB.com, there are only two Abrahams. And
1: we know an Abraham very well. We can, we'll let him know that.
0: Yeah, because he's a real baseball fan. Uh, sure. So anyway, so Abraham Toro's kind of got a fascinating background. He grew up near Montreal as part of a Venezuelan family who moved to Quebec a year before Abraham was born.
1: Wait, Venezuelan family, Canada, mm-hmm. before here. All right. Yes. He is an international guy. And
0: when he speaks to his parents, he speaks in Spanish. He grew up speaking French with his friends because, you know, growing up outside of Quebec. And he learned English in school. And by the time he was done with school, was fluent. So he's trilingual, which we appreciate. His dad was a big baseball fan. And their favorite player to watch together... Omar Vizquel. Oh, of course.
1: I could have seen that coming. That's
0: right. I love me some Omar. Um, he grew up playing volleyball and soccer and then a little bit later, baseball. And he's got a, a brother who's like 13 years older than he is who played baseball in college. And so he spent a lot of time like being mentored by his big brother and going to the college games to see him play and all of that. So he had, there was a lot of baseball in his life growing up. He went to the same high school as my former boyfriend, catcher Russell Martin. So how about that? He was drafted in the fifth round by the asterisks in 2016 out of Seminole State College. And his debut wasn't until August 22nd of this past year, 2019. So I feel like he's pretty untouched by all of the scandals. I'm hoping for the best there. For the quick mom story, his mom went flew from their you know, townside of Quebec to go see him play in the minor leagues this past summer. Had a great time. Got home. The night she got home, phone rings. It's Abraham calling to tell her he got the call to oh, go to the bigs. Wow! So the very emotional phone call. Next morning, she got back on a plane wow. to go to Houston to see his debut, and she said, "I cried on the plane to Houston, and then I cried in the ballpark when his name was announced." And I think that's really pretty sweet.
1: Understandable.
0: He did so well in the minor leagues that he was the 2019 Minor League Player of the Year for the asterisks. And the Canadian Baseball Network named him the Offensive Minor League Player of the Year because he spent most of the season in the minors. Interestingly, he's the only switch hitter right now on the 40-man roster for Houston.
1: That could come in handy. Right? That's a good call.
0: Um, Because there is a stat for everything – he is the youngest Canadian-born ball player with three walks and a homer in a game in a single game, passing my ex-boyfriend Russell Martin. <laughs> right. This past fall, he was a last-minute add to the roster because Yuli Gurriel was out with an elbow issue, and that game was the Justin Verlander no-no, and that was important for Toro because they're in Toronto. Number one, so he's playing in his home country, right. The game was still tied at zero going into the ninth inning. He hit a two-out, two-run homer in the top of the ninth. So all of a sudden, Houston is on the board because, oh, my God, Verlander is pitching a no-no, and he's at 120 pitches, and is he going to stay in if they have to go to extra innings? But but Toro hit this home run, right? And then at the bottom of the inning, he made the last out with a 5-3 play, giving verlander Mm. the known like finishing the game a
1: bad way to start
0: and this is what gave verlander the famous line that you will appreciate was as soon as the game was over he yelled where the fuck is toro
1: i do remember right you know now that you mention it i totally remember this game
0: and that's now on a t-shirt too so you can have a potty mouth flavored t-shirt that says where the fuck is toro i
1: love it that
0: is my story about Abraham Toro. Who you got?
1: I picked somebody who has not played in the majors yet and probably won't this year. So I'm just playing it safe a little bit. And it just was the most interesting f- person that I uh, found from the asterisks or folks are calling them the Trashros. I'm, I'm starting to feel kind of bad, though. I really did. There's just so much Astros bashing out there. And? And well, I, I guess I'm I'm bracing myself for when whenever they find out something about the Red Sox, so it's gonna come out probably, right? Like I always feel like it's gonna be right when this podcast drops to sort of divert attention. But
0: it could be, it could we'll be. I, I'll probably stop calling them as- the asterisks um, at opening day. We'll see. Yeah,
1: Asterisk really works though, because it really they does rule books. And so yeah. oh, I feel so yeah. bad. Anyway, Jeremy Joan Pena, shortstop, but he's kind of all over the infield. He's played second and third in the minors. He's uh, he's not coming up, but you never know because the Yankees last year were sort of like a crazy injury carousel. So I kind of figure like he is close enough that they think he's going to be up for 2021. So it might be, you know, bumped up if there's any injuries. Uh, He was born in the Dominican Republic one year after his father retired from major league baseball so his father geronimo who is 52 years old may i add um cheers uh he played for six years for the cards and then i couldn't quite find out what happened to him because he was traded to cleveland And that last year he played five games for Cleveland and had a shit batting average of one something. And before that he had been way over 200 for his six years with the cards. I think his lifetime was 262. Yeah. So I couldn't find out what the injury was and what happened to him at Cleveland, but there was a really cute story in a Dominican paper about how he grew up as a farmer and now he went back to being a farmer. So after he retired from MLB, and this is the other part of, of um, Jeremy's life that I don't quite get because Jeremy, at age nine, moved from the, from the Dominican Republic to Providence, Rhode Island. So I'm not sure if there's a, a parental split there. I didn't get quite the details, but I do know that now his dad is a farmer in the Dominican Republic. Maybe he was working in baseball for a little while before then. So Jeremy went to high school in Providence, Rhode Island. He went to University of Maine, Orono after turning down the Braves. So we always appreciate that, you know, pulling on with the studies when you can do that. And he played through junior year, and at that point, he was drafted by the Astros. He did really well at University of Maine, Orono. He was the only player in his junior year to start all of the 54 games, but he also started all of his games both freshman and sophomore year. And by junior year, he was the um, the the, what do you call that, captain of the team (laughs) and batting three oh eight. you know, that important thing.
0: One of those complicated sports words. He
1: had done that in high school too, actually. And in high school, I think this is super interesting. He was also a track and field star. And I saw a video... Uh, YouTube. That's the thing that the YouTube video. That's the thing that is. is. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mentioned that we've been drinking and watching football all day. Um, In in the YouTube video, he talked about doing track and field and that helps with his speed. Like you want to be able to sprint around the bases. And he was a sprinter and a jumper. And he said he didn't jump that well, but he just he gave it a shot. So his coaches compared him to Xander Bogarts, and I think that that comparison is always a good thing. Last year it was just A and high A, but he did get an invite to Arizona Fall League. So this year they're thinking he's going to be Dr- double A and triple A. just want to say one thing about him being – uh, bilingual and because he grew up in Rhode Island actually he talked about when he went to Rhode Island at age 9 he remembers walking in the classroom and being really freaked out about not speaking English sure. and all this stuff going on around him and then it turned out that it was a bilingual classroom and he felt very comfortable oh, cool. and he's and he learned English really well so this is a really good ad for bilingual education which is a very controversial topic totally worked for him and at this point He was asked how he relates to uh, guys on the team who speak just Spanish. And he said that the guys who speak just Spanish want to speak with him in English because they want him to be able to coach them with their English. And he said the guys who just speak English on the team want to speak to him in Spanish and want them to help them with the Spanish so that they can relate to the other guys. So he's, he's a bridge. Like this, he's a language he bridge. Is, he's a little baseball ambassador. And he actually even said something like, baseball is, is the language we all speak. So that's my guy, Jeremy Pena. He's a good pick. He
0: seems like the right guy for you. On to the National League and the Dodgers. These are our final boyfriend picks for the season. I am very happy to be able to choose... Jack Peterson, twenty-seven, left field. Who, by the way, is the only Jock J O C in the major leagues? Even though they're all Jocks, but he's the only one that comes up when you search on J O C.
1: One of like seven or eight Jews, I can't remember. Yes, there aren't many. Yes,
0: yes. Um, I almost didn't get him because (laughs) because you know I ever since the home run derby last summer, I thought. Hmm, I might want this guy as my Dodgers boyfriend. And then if you may remember a few weeks ago, he was involved in a potential trade to the Angels. And this trade was contingent on, it was tied to the Pookie David Price trade to the Dodgers. It was that three team deal and Mm -hmm. it fell apart around the edges. The Angels part fell apart. It was supposed to be Peterson and their pitcher Stripling were going to go to the Angels and they ended up not going. And I I don't know if that would be better or worse for him that way, but personally, I am happy that he's a Dodger so he can be my Dodger. A horrible thing that happened, we mentioned a few weeks ago, was that he was going to arbitration with the Dodgers, and he and his representation asked that that be postponed because he was in the middle of this trade where Dodgers officials were saying, we wish you well, like, like, like it was a done deal. And then he's supposed to negotiate with the Dodgers about his salary, even though he's not going to play with them. And the hearing, the people at the hearing, they the the panel said, "No, we're not going to postpone this. We're going to do it now." So he's angry at the process because that didn't seem fair. He lost arbitration. He's still getting seven point seven five million dollars instead of nine. He said, "I'm not. The money is fine. It's fine, but the process kind of sucked. So that was unfortunate for him." But let me tell you about all the athletes in his family. This guy was destined to be an athlete. He wasn't necessarily destined to be a star, but definitely destined to be an athlete. His dad was drafted by the Dodgers in 1981. Played in the minors for a long time. Only played eight games in the show, but he did play for the Dodgers. His mom is an athletic trainer.
1: That's awesome.
0: His hey, oldest mom. his oldest brother Champ plays in the Special Olympics. His brother Tiger was drafted by the Dodgers in 2013. Is now a hitting coach in the minors his younger sister jacy has played on the 17u and 19u women's national soccer teams
1: what a family that's crazy and apparently the
0: the the common opinion in the family is she's the best athlete in the family so he was drafted in the 11th round in 2010 by the dodgers right out of palo alto high school he committed to usc so this is like you know this is a an outlier for us because he went right to right to baseball instead of going to college um but at that high school, he also led the football team with 30 receptions. So he was one of those like all around athletes. Like a lot of these guys seem to be, you know, they, they come up playing a lot of sports. So he had a six hundred thousand dollars signing bonus, which was high for someone drafted out of the fifth round. Remember, he was drafted in the eleventh round. So that's interesting that they they didn't pick him till later, but they were willing to pay a pretty a yeah. pretty penny for him at that level. He debuted not long after. Debuted in um, September of 2014, but the 2015 season was really his breakout year. He was the starting center fielder in 2015 at age 22, and at that point, he was the third youngest player in the National League. He also made the All Star team that year, and he was a starting center fielder in 2015 for that. He won the Heart and Hustle Award, the Boyfriend Award, that same year. And he was actually in the Home Run Derby that year, which I did not remember. And he made it all the way to the final round and then ended up losing to Todd Frazier. But he, but Jack Peterson hit the longest home run at 489 feet.
1: Wow, back then. Back then. So he was in it twice?
0: Yes, he was in it twice. So he, um, he has tied or broken a lot of records for The young guys with the home runs and the extra base hits, I didn't list them here, but over and over, he started out as a power hitter, and that was his thing. In 2017, in the World Series, he had a hit and a run scored in each of the first six games. In 2019, he actually had career bests in pretty much every stat in Hits, runs, home runs, RBIs. His entire slash line was better than it's ever been. So he's definitely on a on an upward t- trend right now, which is Good pretty time cool. To pick
1: them. yeah.
0: With uh, Max Muncie and Cody Bellinger, the three of them hit each hit twenty home runs by July of this past season, and that was the fifth trio on the same team in Major League Baseball history to do that. That's pretty wow. cool. You will probably remember that he was, in fact, in the 2019 Home Run Derby, which Very well. when I first kind of said, hey, I think I like this guy, he made it to the semifinals only because he went up against... Vlad Jr.
1: Yeah, and he's the one who like amped up Vlad Jr.'s count because they kept tying and yep. having to like replay. Yep. And that's why they went Vlad for a long time. was wiped out by the time he was up against Pete.
0: So let me tell you more about his oldest brother, Champ. If you saw the Home Run Derby, mm-hmm. you met Champ. Yep. Champ's oldest brother, who is living with Down syndrome, and the two of them work together on this charity called Live Like a Champ. And the proceeds from things like sales of t-shirts and hats and all of that Go to support an organization called Best Buddies, which supports people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And Champ is always hanging out in the clubhouse. Wow. He is friendly with all the guys on the team. There's lots of video. of them. He gives inspirational talks. He's actually a, a motivational speaker champ is and amazing. some of that he does within so the baseball cool. community and some of it he does elsewhere and so Jack is like you know it's like his biggest fan and they work together on a lot of things and that's super cool um he's married to longtime um, sweetheart kelsey they have a daughter named poppy and a dog named blue and blue is so special that players tribune made a video of a day in the life of blue at spring training
1: i totally will go watch that you will right you will after indeed we record <laughs> I'm not quite as excited about my Dodgers pick as you are. It turned out I'm not good at playing this game. So the deal is that out of the guys that we pick, we have to make a team and we get to play fantasy baseball. We're going to be talking to you about that more at the end of this episode because we want to play with you. So I was looking at my fantasy team, seeing as though this is our last week, and I realized my first base... Like, picks are really sketchy, especially because I just heard this week from some of our Padres friends that they're not feeling very confident in Eric Hosmer. That's who I thought I was going to have as my starting first base guy, but I guess he hasn't been showing a lot of effort in spring training is, is what the word is. So I figured, fuck, I've got to, like, be- beef up my first base. So it's Max Muncy. And right away I went, oh, you know, I'm glad the story ended out well because... Because my Red Sox in 2018 during the World Series, I remember this night, actually, this was at the Halloween party. We were all together in the basement, the night of the killer long, you know, uh, record-setting game, game three. They're they're going into inning after inning. So Muncie got the tying run in the 13th inning to tie it back up when the Red Sox should have won. And then he had an 18th inning walk-off home run after this long, painful, where Valdi was pitching his heart
0: out game. Oh, my God. He was amazing that night.
1: Yeah, and I remember sitting there and really swearing at Muncie at that point. I mean, I'm very happy, except for, you know, of course, we have that asterisk on the Red Sox about them eventually winning the the 2018. But that was kind of rough. Although he got married um, two weeks after that loss. So... I kind of feel like that, I don't know, maybe hopefully that gave him a little bit of happiness after the Dodgers did fall apart there a little and bit. And
0: clearly he's a clutch guy and maybe yeah. you need a clutch guy. All
1: right. Maybe I need a clutch guy. I also, he actually has a really sweet story. So this is like the guy, he's not a bad pick. He's just not necessarily. He's a weird pick for my, you. Right. Because he's of not,
0: the Red Sox thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah but he, he's a good guy. He was on the A's for a while. Um, drafted in 2012 by the A's and he was up 15 and 16, but not so good and he was released and actually A's fans, this must be mighty painful for y'all now because they just released him and at that point, he felt lost you know you 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 feel like trying to stick around in the big leads, not working out. He credits his father for like pulling him through this that his he moved back in with his parents at this point in time. Yeah, after being up in the big leagues, moves back in with his parents, his dad helps him out, and the Dodgers pick him up into the minors, like a month later in 2017. He's brought up in 2018 kind of on a lark because Justin Turner was injured, who's at third. So he actually played in various positions around the infield in 2018, bopped around the bases plus left field had a little bit of a weak start. He was batting under 200 after the first 17 or so games, but cranked it up after that and ended up with 33 home runs that year, which was third in Major League Baseball. And he was in the home run derby that year.
0: We saw that one. We
1: saw him here. And actually, he did. It was exciting. He beat Javi Baez. And we were, of course, rooting for Javi Baez at that time. But he lost to Bryce Harper, who went on to to win in the finals. And it was this whole DC thing. So, you know, I think he made as good of a performance as he possibly could have that day. And then in 2019, he actually replaced your ex boyfriend, Anthony Rendon, in the All Star game when he couldn't make it, which was sad. He just signed a 3-year contract with the Dodgers, so he's going to be there for a little while. 3-year 26 million contract with an option for a fourth year. He's he's originally from Texas and actually he turned down Cleveland out of high school in 09 and went to Baylor, met his wife there and played two 200 games at Baylor. His parents missed four. So his parents went to wow. like every game. And they've actually said like now they're trying not to do that, but that they were really there for for him. And the, the sweetest quote I saw was, I ho- I owe my whole career to my dad, really. He taught me everything I knew. He coached me until high school. And even then, he was coaching me on the side. And pro ball, he was always the one watching as many games as he can, whether it was a bad internet feed or looking at film that I'd send him. His dad's a geologist. So he's not a player like my, like my other boyfriend, who also had this right. relationship with his dad bringing him up. Cool thing that he played in Cape Cod in Wareham, which I'm sure like most other people would mispronounce if you were to see that printed. And he played with your White Sox boyfriend from this past year, Daniel Palka. All-star got to play at Fenway Park. Um, One of his uh, well-known battles was with Madison Bumgarner.
0: I remember this. I love this and one. This is and this, this one's is, also a t-shirt.
1: Yeah. And it's a reason to love Muncie yep. because he he hit a homer off of Bum- Bumgarner and apparently didn't run to first base as, as fast as Bumgarner wanted. And so Bumgarner gave him shit and yelled at him from the mound, don't watch the ball run. And I just told him, if he doesn't want me to watch the ball, go get it out of the ocean. So,
0: playing- I, I kind of love him a little for that. I yeah, really do. I totally do.
1: He—he's, uh, of course, along with all the other Dodgers, has been asked about what they feel about the Houston situation, and this is where I'm not totally in agree with him because he's one of the folks who are saying that they're just—they just don't seem repentant enough. He said they're actually making a mockery out of it, which I don't—I don't know. I, I'm I, not I, sure I'm what I'm with him expect. on that. Easy. I'm with him
0: on that. I don't like the Dodgers who are saying, oh, you know, Tuve stole the MVP. I don't like when right. they do that kind of right. stuff. But I think it's okay to, to, you know, give them some crap. All I right. Do.
1: Well, this is the guy I'm stuck with, and he might be on my starting lineup. So. He's a good guy. All right. He, just, he just
0: beat the Red Sox, and you're pissed about that. But he's a good guy. He is a
1: good guy. Yeah. All right. <coughs>
0: Hey, who's thinking about the coronavirus?
1: As you coughed, did you just cough before you said that?
0: You I was hoping you were going to edit that out, but well, yes. I, God now, dang now it! I'm
1: not going to. Yeah, and we both got home and washed our hands for like five minutes. The
0: whole way to the oh XFL game, we're like on the metro, and I kept saying, "Stop touching things!" Mm-hmm. And then we're in the the you know the arena. Well, the the, the football. But it's really a soccer field, so yeah. I have a hard time calling it the football. Arena it's whatever. the
1: lines and it's stuff. It's
0: the stadium. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm like trying not to touch the railings as we're walking up 437 very steep stairs and everything. Yeah. And so, yeah, hello, coronavirus. But it is affecting baseball, and I want to tell you why. So overseas... Um, in Japan, the Nippon Professional Baseball League is playing to empty stadiums. Not because people are afraid to go, but people are not allowed to go.
1: That is amazing. I did see that. It was. It's like that day at a, at Camden Yards. Remember that when there was it, was. it was. We went to a game. Like actually, the next day, where they they were there was violence in Baltimore, and they canceled fans going. So they played. It's the only MLB game in history that's played in empty. In stadium. an empty
0: stadium, mm-hmm. right? Although a lot of people are making jokes about say. Tampa Bay and the Miami Marlins, oh, yeah. but yeah, but that's not Ouch. quite real. That's just mean, but it's not not true. In South Korea, they actually canceled um, all the preseason games. So overseas, there it's are some really scary. strict things happening. Um, Major League Baseball is reevaluating the London series in June, really, which is pretty far ahead, but they're paying attention to it. They're paying attention to what's going to happen. They know that that's something that they're going to have to make a decision about uh, in the coming months because it happens in June. There has been really good communication between the CDC and Major League Baseball and the Players Association, even
1: though the CDC is down like hundreds of people because of Trump. Not
0: yes. Yeah, so politics aside, there's actual science, and they're sticking with the actual science, okay. and they're really they're 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 making. Decisions based on actual science, which I'm pretty impressed with. And the players have bought into this. Nobody's freaking out. Like, okay, here are the things we've got to do. In spring training, different teams are, t- are t- going to different lengths to protect their players. Um, the MLB said, avoid taking pens and balls directly from fans and d- don't shake hands. You know, like just stop. You know, like social distancing. Yeah, stop touching people, That's which so hard. is heartbreaking for yeah. fans who they go to spring training because you do get to meet the players and you get to shake hands or hug a player or get a get an autograph or get a bunch of autographs, especially little goopy kids. The little goopy kids, for sure, <laughs> right? Um, some teams are limiting the um, the media who get to go in the clubhouse mm-hmm. if those members of the media have been to high risk places, like say China or. Italy or wherever they've decided currently are the high risk places the Phillies the Astros and the Nats for sure and I think more teams are now doing this are pre-autographing um, baseballs and cards and things before they go on the field so and those sad. are getting so they can flip the balls to okay. fans or security can pass them out or something but it's not it's limiting the it's, and it's a social distancing um the Dodgers just said oh players use your own pens it'll be fine like, just don't take the pen from somebody Everybody else. Everybody gets a pen. Yeah. So there there's different levels. Games have not yet been affected. No, no minor league games have been canceled or saying fans can't come. They're not to that level yet. And there's not been any public announcements about opening day, which I'm a little terrified that's going to get screwed with. But I would understand it if it did.
1: Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's in our best interest as fans to keep our players healthy. And I, for this limited amount of time anything just to keep the players healthy.
0: Well, that's a that's important to talk about because in the regular season, so the players are probably going to be fine. And the players are in a low risk group because they're young, healthy. And they're healthy, mm-hmm. right? And they're when they are on the job, they are in controlled environments. The clubhouses can get thoroughly cleaned Regularly, and they are. Some of them are even getting like an extra level of deep clean right now. When they fly, they're usually on chartered planes. Mm. So it's not like they're mingling with members of the public and you don't know where they've been or what precautions those people have taken. So they are protected while they are doing baseball related things. So the players are probably going to be okay mostly. It's more about the fans. And as we were at this XFL game today, you think about social distancing. We're high-fiving the guy in front of us. And oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, I just high five the guy, and the stairs are really long, and I want to go down and wash my hands, but it's too far to go. I mean, like, you kind got to think, like, <laughs> all of right. a sudden, it's like, oh, hey, you know, the stuff that you normally do with the strangers around you, you're not going to want to do. And you know what? Most of the April games are going to be cold, and they're not going to be full. But opening day, we're going to be shoulder-to-shoulder with a bunch of people. And it's going to be packed. It's, it's going to be packed be
1: for the packed. next so World Series champions.
0: It's really the fans at this stage that we're kind of concerned about. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is um, facial hair because, you know, we care about grooming here at No Crying in Baseball. And the CDC very helpfully pre- prepared an infographic that shows different styles of facial hair, which we're going to link to in the notes. And you're going to want to look at it because for for no other reason to find out there are names for every single kind of mustache and beard you you can possibly imagine. I
1: was thinking we need to rename them with baseball player names because we could probably put a player under each one. We this is, this do is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to
0: overlay this infographic with players. So the point of the poster is to there's an outline on each face showing where um, the masks that are the filtering respirator masks, the ones that are used by healthcare professionals how they work with various styles of facial hair. And the point is you can't break the seal. So if you have facial hair that comes you know, where the face mask, where the where the respirator meets your face, it's not gonna seal appropriately and you won't be necessarily as protected as you would be. So I wanna just tell you that James Paxton has a mustache that will make him entirely safe.
1: That's because he's a fucking Yankee.
0: So there's a yeah. So what's going to happen with the Yankees is like cockroaches, they will live forever.
1: <laughs> I this is awful. I don't want to like reaffirm their their facial hair policy. So
0: the people, the players, like Sucks. who are kind of threading the needle about it could go either way, are people like Javi Baez who has sort of like that just little bit on his chin, and depends how far down his chin it goes. And Manny Machado now has a sideburn thing going, which look like they stop in time, and as long as they stop before that seal, Manny Machado. Will will also be okay although his beard is a little weird and might be questionable and i'm sorry if justin turner steven strasberg dallas keichel were um healthcare professionals they could never wear these masks and we would have to kiss them goodbye and mike fire's crazy shaved like cattail wrapped on the face is not would not have worked and eric Thames' arms might save him from a lot of things but his beard will not
1: all right that's a helpful hint We'll, we'll have to be uh, marking up that, that chart very soon. We're gonna be marking up some other stuff, meaning our lineups, Fantasy Baseball. Play it with us, we now have teams or we're about to have teams. We just picked guys from all 30 teams but now we're gonna each whittle it down to our starting lineups by Yahoo Fantasy Rules. We will be publishing them very shortly And then there's a shit ton of players that you could all pick that would fit in the boyfriend rules. So you have to play by our rules, which means that you have to have guys from all different teams. It's really good for you. Trust me on this one. It opens your horizons and uh, makes you learn a little bit about who your team might be trading for in the near future. It's lots of fun and no assholes. So please contact us as soon as possible. You can get us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast. You can get us on Facebook or Instagram at No Crying and be ball or you can email us at no, wait, shit, what's our email? NCIBpodcast at gmail.com, I think.
0: Yeah, sure, let's that. go with that. We'll
1: go with that. Let's go
0: with that. So, social media is where you can find us. Try to find us pretty soon. We're going to announce our lineups on the 15th, but you can express your interest before that. You just can't pick a team until after that is over. You'll be drafting between the 15th and the 25th. We need to be done with our drafts by opening day. Next week, we're going to present our pitchers. And what we do for pitchers is we each pick a squad. Rather than just picking some random guys, we each pick a team of pitchers. And that way we get a mix of starting pitchers and relief pitchers and all of that. And we'll tell you about those guys next week.
1: And we have a countdown in just a minute for opening day. Yes, we do. Opening day is happening really soon. From the time of recording, it's
0: 18 days. Have you taken the day off from work? I have. I have. While you're putting in those requests, please put your earbuds in and listen to some past episodes. Tell your friends about us. Leave a review or a rating if you get a chance wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until next time, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth.